0: What's going on, Phil and family? Before we get started, I want to talk to you about something, and that's Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Hold on, let me explain. First, it's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more places. And you can also make money from your podcast. I know that's the part that's the part that everyone's going to like. You can make money with no minimum listenership as everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's get to the show. You are now listening to the film frequency podcast hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, the film bros. here welcome to the film frequency i am one of your hosts ceo hayes and i am joined by the prodigal one himself mr i don't even you know what i i, I had a, like a, a dope stupid ass name to call you but it's like with all this live and shit and figuring it out it completely it threw just, you off yeah it completely threw, threw me off my game here but we are here uh we've been we, we missed a week um, I did do some exclusive content for the YouTube uh, channel in between there, but we've been, you know, we, it's stuff going on. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so it is what it is. We missed one week, but we're back now. What's going on? Not
1: much just going through this pandemic, going through life. It is what it is, as
0: you said. How How is like how have you adapted to not being able to like go to a movie theater and see new movies? Because I'll tell you what, like this is probably the longest stretch maybe of my life that I have not been inside a movie theater. Like, cause it's, well, just... it's just, go ahead. It's just really weird. Uh-huh. Um, cause you, when you're used to doing something,
1: you know, a lot, like a routine type of thing, and then you're just not doing it anymore. It just kind of throws you off. And it's not only with that, it's with a, like a multitude of different things. There's so many different things that I'm used to doing once a week or what, like getting my haircut, for example, yeah. just different things yeah, that sure. it throws you out of your routine. You know
0: what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 it, it is a routine. And I think the movie theater had become a routine because it was like, go to the movie theater almost every like Friday evening and stuff and that was just the thing to do. And now it's like I miss it bro. Like I missed I the funny thing is I like miss the smell of walking into a movie theater and smelling like mm-hmm. the popcorn being made first. Like I miss all that shit, bro. And the fact that it's not happening is just—it's really weird to me, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's—it's, it's, but hopefully it all comes back.
1: I don't see it. I mean, we could go into a huge talk about this, but I don't see things changing until maybe August. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're gonna get into it in a second, but you know, cinema trying to open up in July—I don't see that happening. But we'll get into it, mix it up a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's 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 weird, man. Uh, but yeah, you're you're right. We'll definitely get into it. Let's not uh completely hijack our routine our plan uh and go into it now but so let's get into the first topic if you're ready for it bro uh this let's one is uh the green hornet it's gonna be a new movie uh coming from universal called green hornet and kato uh bro i i for one i love the green hornet like the original i love i even like the one with seth rogan the fact that that one didn't do wasn't bigger than what it was kind of surprised me because i honestly thought it was for just a comedy and just like a, a mix between like comedy and action I thought it was a pretty good movie that was really at Seth Rogen's almost his height so the fact that it it didn't like do anything like to my knowledge like that movie didn't do shit. uh kind of mean like me. financially yeah yeah it was a, it was a complete box off box office boom um, bum no man bum. with uh with Seth Rogen? yeah no bro they almost did a
1: quarter billion dollars did no, they, like did they really I'm I, can not even that, I mean' I, I can look it up real quick but I'm pretty
0: sure they did like 250 mil, if not mistaken. Well, see that, and that would make sense. Like, I don't understand. Like, and why didn't they make a sequel? Then I remember Seth Rogen at first was talking about the fact that he had like sequels in mind and everything, and it just didn't come to be and it didn't make sense because, like, you would think that a movie with Seth Rogen, a comedy that was a, a revamp of a franchise that people have fond memories of, uh, just the fact that it bought, like, it didn't get a sequel, it didn't do anything, and I think he actually owned the rights at one point. It just, it was crazy, man.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Seth, um, it's not Seth Rogen, but Green Hornet has out, you know, they've had a following for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it is a comic book thing, so it started a long time ago. It was a radio show in like the 60s, or maybe even before that. And then like in the 60s, I remember like Bruce Lee was the original Kato yeah. when they yeah. had the TV series. Exactly. So it, it's been around for a long time. It has a good following.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and it and yeah, so, it did 227.8 million on a 120 million dollar yeah. budget. When you factor in the marketing and promotion too, it was probably closer to uh a 250. What do you think? 250 between 250 and 280 million dollars to make and market that movie. So it did 227 back. So it wasn't a complete bomb. They I guess they made some money off of it, but it probably wasn't no, worth you, the you're, of you're it. No, you are putting in 100 million dollars, you're putting in 80 million dollars for marketing? N- no, I said between a hundred between hundred and fifty and hundred and eighty counting marketing. So one hundred and twenty yeah, just yeah, to make yeah, the yeah. film, I, about another fifty to sixty million to market the movie.
1: Yeah, so they yeah. made at least you know fifty to seventy five million, I think, exactly. which is yeah. fucking
0: healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's, especially back in what that movie came out in two thousand and eleven. So it was definitely, right. you know, it, it it wasn't a complete bomb as I alluded to earlier. But they probably thought it was going to be bigger than then. They probably just thought, is it worth the risk of putting more money into a sequel? Um versus like what they're gonna make back on it. So you know it 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 sucks. Uh, but you know that was that was Sony too. and you know, Sony is notorious for like, not following through on franchises if they don't make a certain amount of money hell we've seen how many times they've revamped spider-man um so you know it being a smaller franchise than that they probably didn't want to do the risk but universal universal is a a studio that is more willing to take chances so we may even if this movie isn't a complete huge success initially we may still get to see at least two movies out of it i think universal (laughs) will probably commit to that what do you think
1: yeah, I think so. Like you said, Universal takes a little bit more risks and stuff, but have they rumored at least who might play the Green Hornet?
0: No, as far as what I've read, there's nothing about it. So they, it's it's basically at the starting stages. Of course, all work probably stop, stopped on it um, with all this COVID-19 stuff going down. So I'm pretty sure that this announcement kind of came out just to generate some interest in it and, you know, that casting. out, And it almost doesn't matter who you cast as the Green Hornet. Honestly, like, because nah. of, because of the actual Green Hornet, is more of a comical thing uh and he he kind of blunders his way through stuff i it almost doesn't matter It's kato who we're all looking forward to and seeing who's going to be cast as kato
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see but i think we won't hear anything for a long time
0: oh, like no. you said they just did some sh- stuff to generate a little bit of buzz and that's it for now yeah yeah for sure it, yeah i mean do you do you uh think like cuz i think universal is searching for a new franchise after Fast and Furious ends. I'm not saying that this is necessarily going to replace it, but I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of franchises, a lot of things kind of thrown at the wall from Universal over the next couple of years. Um, Hobbs and Shaw is probably going to get two sequels at least. Uh, we know one's already in the works as well. But Fast and Furious is really Universal's biggest franchise right now. Yeah, they revamped The Invisible Man, working with Blumhouse. There's also talk of like the Dark Universe stuff coming back. Uh, but you know, it. I just don't. I don't know what Universal has up its sleeve. So maybe this is going to be it for them.
1: I I mean, if I have to guess, I'd say no. Because mm-hmm. I think in order nowadays, not back from like our time, but nowadays, I think yeah. in order to be a successful franchise, you have to have some blockbuster names yeah. on the marquee. And uh, the reason uh, Francis fresh was able to go so long, they had Vin Diesel, they had Paul Walker, but... I mean, ludicrous. I wouldn't consider ludicrous like a blockbuster, or even Tyrese, Michelle Rodriguez. They're good, like uh, you know, B names. Not yeah. to offend them or any their fans, but it's the truth. But what they did really well was they would always bring in new people. They brought in The Rock, they brought in Ronda Rousey, they brought in um, Jason Statham, and it ca- it kept on evolving. And also the the, the movie at least for the first maybe four or five ones, kept on evolving. Now it's kind of the same thing over and over.
0: Like it's a heist movie now. Yeah, it it changed from a a franchise built around cars and racing to like their full-on heist and superhero movies. Like you can't tell me Vin Diesel isn't a superhero in in these these, uh, Fast and Furious movies, but go ahead.
1: I know, no, but yeah. So I think you have to have some block, at least two blockbuster names to work around mm-hmm. in order to build a franchise. Unless if it's like a horror franchise, in which case you just need your main your main villain to be someone that's connected with the audience, and that's all you need for a
0: franchise. That there, true. that is true. Well, let's move into the next topic. For so for topic number two, uh, we've trolls went to. Um, Straight to streaming first. And I think honestly, I think the last thing I read said that they've done 50 million so far on uh, on VOD, which is not according to its budget. The fact that it was supposed to be a theatrical release isn't huge. But when you think about how now straight to streaming things can possibly be bigger. Uh, we're getting into the next one. Now, Disney's doing their first one, uh, but this is going straight to Disney Plus. So they're, of course, not going to make the type of money, any money, outside of new subscriptions. But Artemis Fowl is going to be coming to Disney Plus June 12th. Now, because we've gotten word that a lot of social distancing is going to start being um, taken back on May 1st, do you think they kind of pulled the gun too fast on this? Or do you think that they should have kind of held off and done the theatrical release for Artemis Fowl?
1: Nah, I don't think Disney's stupid. They know. Ain't no one going in the movie theaters anytime soon. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says, what anybody on social media says, or the news media says. No one's going in any movie theaters anytime soon. So, they you know they're probably figuring why delay it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Artemis Fowl, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's supposed to be one of their biggest movies this year from Originally. Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I was shocked that they didn't, I mean, they didn't have to necessarily release it, but I understand why they just, they figured, hey, let's release it and start bringing, again, it'll help the subscription base. I always have a hard time though, because with wide theatrical releases or any theatrical release, it's easy to measure the success because we talk about box office numbers with things like Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and stuff like that the only thing they really have to base off of is subscriptions and that number is kind of skewed so and like Netflix for example they're super secretive about their data their data and their their numbers they don't always release it so it's so hard to tell like what was the success, the box office success you know what the 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 reviews say and the ratings and the critics and mm-hmm. guys like us but i'm talking about from a financial standpoint you never really know
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Netflix is is historically, like you said, uh, restrictive on what they release and what they do now. We we hear a lot about about the things that do great on them, but very little about the things that don't do great. They just get canceled or they don't, don't come back. Um, sure. but, but with Disney Plus specifically, I think I think this is a win for Disney Plus because. One thing that we've seen: Netflix stocks have risen over the course of this. Disney Plus, I think, has, has passed 50 million subscribers now, which was their three-year goal. They hit in under a year, Paid. which is who, yeah, which is huge for them. But I think the thing that all, like people who do stuff like we do and we critique uh, media and everything, they the exclusives for Disney Plus have been lacking. A lot of what Disney Plus has been living off of. Is the Mandalorian coming there that's been exclusive so far? They've had some exclusive, but nothing like huge exclusive. Home Alone, uh the series was supposed to be their next big one. That's gotten the production on that stopped as well. So I think when you look at Disney Plus searching for exclusives to bring to their network, a movie that wasn't tracking that well. Artemis Fowl is this young adult novel series that, you know, Disney probably had hopes that it could be this this uh, franchise it wasn't tracking like it was going to be a box office success so why not bring it to disney plus whereas if people don't love it you have more of a chance of people watching it more because you know it's at home it's free it's included in the service and maybe the sequel to this if it does do well on streaming is a disney plus exclusive and they've just added now they've taken something that would have been a theatrical bomb and taken it into a success on their streaming service and an exclusive what do you think about that
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have – and this doesn't only go for Netflix. I mean, uh, Disney Plus goes for all the streaming devices. They have to come with fresh content all the time. Yeah. Netflix is really good at that. Amazon, while they they don't it bring is. it as much as Netflix, they still bring good content, yeah. new content. Not as much as Netflix, but they still do it. Disney Plus is the weakest in terms of new content. The only reason – and I know some people might disagree, but the only reason Disney Plus is this um, – Financially uh good is because of their library. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. I'm, and Like you said mandalorian, although i've never watched it I know that was a big talk but in terms of fresh new stuff outside of mandalorian It's really the library what people are after but what happens when you subscribe You've seen all your favorites from when you were a kid You showed all your children your favorites from when you were a kid And you watch them two three times then one.
0: yeah yeah you make a good point there um I think and that's that's been the biggest thing. Like even and when I did my little uh, mini review on like Disney Plus as a service, like uh, after the first month or whatever, it's people want the Marvel content. People want all those exclusive, and I think they put they wanted to make these these uh, originals as as have the production level of a theatrical release, and it slowed everything down. The thing about Netflix that keeps it is that there's a new Netflix original dropping every week, and yes, they they keep what works, they throw away what doesn't. Disney Plus, I think, should have. I get it. They they released when they did. At least they did have the Mandalorian to release, but they had they had nothing prepared to come after the after that. They should have really had something going. I don't know if it, if it was should have been recorded at the same time as Mandalorian, but it should always be something in queue. If you don't have three or four exclusives at a time this early on, we understand that as consumers. But there's no reason in this day and age with how many things that are, that are uh, exclusives that are able to kick out over the course of stuff. Even Amazon, like you said, Amazon doesn't have the release of a netflix but all of amazon shows are so good they're almost all award-winning if i if i'm not like most of their big exclusives have been nominated
1: absolutely and the thing is like you said amazon they might only have one release a week but it's consistent every week netflix i don't care what week go and look up any week in the upcoming three months i don't care what week it is there's at least like four or five films for for the the week, there's at least two or three um, shows coming out. Series, mm-hmm. at least maybe one special documentary. They're they're just blowing up. Whereas Disney, I think Disney actually has a better opportunity than Netflix to blow up if they give the right content because Disney's fan base is rabid. Yeah. And they're loyal, yeah. so and they have an opportunity because they do a, they can do a lot of animation with different Disney characters. The, whereas I, I I don't know what the budget would be like, but all you're talking about is voice actors and the animation itself, and you could be spewing stuff out like crazy where the budget's not ridiculous, but no, they're not doing that, which is surprising. Yeah. I I think they're just trying to get by with what they are now, and if they feel like you know what, there's a decline. Let's go ahead and
0: release um, Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, One of those. I mean, they've had the Mandalorian. They had the Lady and the Tramp live action remake, which we watched. It was it was it was pretty good for like a straight to streaming type thing. Uh, They also had I can't remember the the movie with the with the dog and uh, William Defoe, which was really good as well. So they have had exclusives, but they haven't had any big exclusives that I think people would sign up for and say, I'm getting Disney Plus because I want these th- several exclusives. Right now, most people who are signing up for Disney Plus, like you said, they have children. They know that they can sit, the, sit their kids in front of Disney Plus, give them the remote, and let them make their way through the library. But it, it needs to be more than that. If this 50 million subscribers is going to be sustained and growed, uh, grown. Uh, so, you know, they they do have a better base than like a Netflix because they do have the franchises that are immediately like nostalgic for us but we need more than that if they're going to be a continued success and really you know be able to battle with netflix um in the long run so
1: yeah if they were the only dog in the race we wouldn't be having this conversation but there's so much and every day i'm learning about new uh new streaming the other day we were talking about uh, was it quibi Quibi. yeah quibi they came out of the blue yeah they spent millions, I know, on advertising because when you watch YouTube and stuff, they're like on every other ad and Facebook ads. They're all over the place. But Quibi came out of the blue and some of their content, I haven't seen any of it. But based on the trailers, it looks pretty good. The production looks pretty good. It's, it's yeah. good stuff.
0: And I think the thing that, that, helps, that helps Quibi, too, is that their content is... Um, I think all their episodes are 10 minutes or less, right? Something like that. I know there's not more than 15 minutes and and in the day and age that we live in where people like to consume things fast, it's really perfect for that. Now, most things that I've read are suggesting that it's not going to be a long-term success. And I think it may have more to do with what the the fact that they launched and all of this and even like their launch. Uh, I think it was only you could only access it from a mobile device rather than from like your TV. Like so, Correct. those those type of things are gonna hurt it um some. But I really think that as a platform, if they can withstand this and make the necessary adjustments, they have a huge uh, chance to be a, a big platform because it's like perfect for millennials to consume their content.
1: But you know what I think will happen, unfortunately, and it's just the nature of business. Mm-hmm. If this thing pops up, what do you think is gonna happen? Netflix, yep, and Disney Plus. They're gonna start bringing content that's like. As a matter of fact, um, Disney has done it. I mean, they have shorts. Like they did it with yeah. um, the Toy Story. It was like a eight, like a seven minute short film. Mm-hmm. So if it becomes really popular, though, Disney and Netflix will just add it to their content, their library, and just do little short, little tidbits, yeah. eight, nine, ten minute videos, for and sure. make it mobile only if that's what people are looking for. for sure,
0: for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Disney Plus I, They're they're going to figure out how to how to make it succeed in the long run. Quibi. Um, I'm not sure like who the what major studios or whatever are behind it, but the content looks great. So yes. I think that they have a chance. I don't think it's necessarily just going to be a failure. It's probably going to be a failure off the off the bat. But now that they've and the thing is, is that their CEO has said that they're going to be open to changing and according to what the users wants. So I think they're already planning on allowing you to stream it from like a fire stick tv and stuff so you can do it on your on your actual tv rather than just the mobile devices which i think will bode well for them as well while people are stuck in the house it's just like i get it your, your content is 10 minutes it's the perfect amount to watch while you're taking a shit but at the same time mm-hmm. people want to have those experiences of watching it on these big screen tvs now that we're able to have and still f- feel cinematic so that's going to help them in the yeah
1: long the one thing i because I, I don't really do much research on them but what's their price point looking like right now do you know
0: i don't know i haven't i haven't looked into it at all
1: because it better be small, because if they're charging like seven bucks or whatever, people are going to choose D- Disney Plus 6 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. People are going to choose Disney Plus over these guys, because these guys' libraries not nothing close to Disney
0: Plus. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm definitely looking out for Quibi. Um, but moving into the next one, uh, this one is one we kind of alluded to at the beginning of this. Cinemark, the CEO, says that the company hopes to reopens its theaters by July. Uh, and even having new uh, big box office like uh, *Tenant* to to open in July, bro, this is one of the stupidest things that I think uh, people can have the expectation. Like it's not going to happen. Not by July. Like we're not even going to be fully like I think people are having the mindset that we're going to be fully back up and running May 1st. And it's not like they're doing this in stages and even taking the stages away. You still have to get over the mental hurdle that people are going to have to go right back into public places. Like, reopening, if you reopen in July, that's fine. I think you can do that. You're not going to make very much money, but to reopen it with box, big box office movies in July is a huge, huge no-go, no, no go in my opinion. What do you think? I know if it was my film, i will
1: be like, to hell with you. Yeah. No, you're not releasing shit. Yeah. Now, here, here's my whole take on this. And I'm looking at this logically. Can they reopen? Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think... If I'm not mistaken, the article I read, they, they, the idea I had before even reading the article, they kind of did the same thing, which is I'm I'm thinking maybe have three, maybe max four people to a row. Mm-hmm. If you need to, do every other row and you stagger it. yeah, That's Every other I row did. or either every other row or every row but you stagger it. And then maybe three or four in a row. Yeah. So you can get maybe, figure there's four, I'm just guessing maybe 40 rows. You got four to five people per row. You're talking about 200 people. And what you do is Most movie theaters are usually like eight, 10, 12 screens, have only two movies showing nothing new, two movies that are both blockbuster movies, Mm -hmm. like old blockbuster. I'm talking like, you know, whatever, like one of the Disney movies or or something, right? Something like that. Two blockbusters, each of them showing on six screens a piece or five screens a piece or four screens. That's all you show. Nothing else. None of the little guys, nothing else. That's how you can do it. Now, let's say Cinemark decides to do it that way, which I think Mm -hmm. is the best way to do it. And let's say people go, they sell out. These 200 per screen sells out. What do you think the media is going to do? I, I don't know, bro. I don't know. The, me- the media is going to annihilate their ass because so. they're going to be like, "There's a pandemic going on," and they only care about their bottom dollar. And the publicity—I don't. That's not my belief, but we see what's going on. They open up in Jacksonville, my hometown state, Florida. They open up the beaches now. People were going crazy, crazy that they yeah. did that. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of idiots that went to the beach and that were not social distancing. So they make it bad for those other guys that might do the right thing. But I, my whole thing is I'm not trying to get political. If you want to open something, open something. But also realize if you're going to go, use common sense. But yeah. at the end of the day, the media
0: is going to blast anybody who's doing it. But the that. thing is, is that you can't trust people to use common sense. Exactly. And, 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 you're and, I right. think, and I think that's what what is the most dangerous about stuff like that reopening too soon is that people... Hey, you have young people who just don't give a damn. I mean, like you had you had young people at the beginning of this throwing quarantine parties and like in like dorms and shit. And it's like you wonder why people are getting sick. But when you give people the opportunity, we're all we've all been like caged animals for the last month, month and a half. You get let people run to the beach and I, I get it. Everyone's not being stupid. Some people just are legit excited to be out, excited to even be seeing other people. Maybe they've been stuck in just with their family for so long that they're probably not thinking about it. And you you, you have to think about that type of aspect. You can't trust everyone to do the right thing. There's a reason why we had stay-home orders, because when social distancing was just requested, rather than being required, people weren't doing the shit. So, um, yeah, you're going to have those spikes, and that's the thing that's going to be most dangerous about this, is you're going to have spikes. I'm glad that they they canceled Comic-Con, because Comic-Con already was like a breeding ground for fucking diseases. People would have went, too. People People would be like, I don't give a shit about COVID-19, I'm going. Yeah, exactly. Like, you already have, like, people who go to Comic-Con every year and they know they're going to come back home and just be sick with the cold because there's so many people crammed in in, in such a small area. Now, when you take a a, a virus that's as dangerous as COVID-19, you just want to mitigate those chances of that. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, your idea of staggering it is is great. Maybe every other row, like you said, you do four to row, make sure you, you're, di- you're keeping your social distancing. Um, but No concession stands. I, that's the thing bro like even with fast food joints being open i think that they're gonna like that's how the movie theaters make their money True. they can't do concessions right. there's no per, there's no point in a movie theater reopening because no, that's where they make correct money. actually so yeah um, yeah you're right you're absolutely right so it, it i don't know man like how this is all gonna go down i really and i said this before i think on the Awakened soul my solo podcast is that i really don't see everything going like back to where people are movie theaters and, and businesses making big money especially movie theaters like Holiday season is pushing it. That's at the utmost lucky. I really don't think until like March of next year. That's almost a whole year away before people are really back into like feeling comfortable with this. And that's if we don't have another spike. Every time we get another spike that, that date of people being comfortable going back to things like that gets pushed further and further off.
1: The thing I don't understand, and I don't know if we spoke about this on camera or off camera, but I know we spoke about it. I don't understand why these these guys are freaking multi million dollar companies. Mm-hmm. Think outside the box. Wh- why not why not do like an outside thing? I've seen so many local places, mm-hmm. like in my area, they're doing like, oh, a night in at the movies, driving with your car. Yeah. Yeah, these these are little small places. They're not even movie theaters. They're just little open parks. They're putting up a a blow up screen and they're gonna have a movie. And you pay like maybe two bucks and you drive in your car.
0: Stay in your car. Yeah.
1: Exactly. You bring your own food. You want to drink your beer. I don't don't drink and drive in. But whatever. And do your thing. Bring your family, everybody, two bucks. Yeah. Why not? And I'm not saying they do it for two bucks, but why not do
0: something like that? Well, the, the drive-in movie theaters, I think, are gonna be the ones that are most set up for people to go back for blockbusters. Like this is this is your opportunity. If you own a drive-in movie theater and you're not you don't capitalize off this once everything starts opening back up, then you don't deserve to own a drive-in theater because this is your opportunity. Specials, hell to say, like, you know, if they charge usually charge Twenty bucks per car, or whatever. Knock it down. Ten bucks per car. Come in. You get to keep your social distancing. You get to stay safe, but you get to see a new movie. You get to have that theater experience. It, that's that's what's going to shine in the time like this. And like you said, movie theaters. Meeting you did talk about it on an episode. Turn the back of your theater. Like most uh, movie theaters have that parking lot that's in the back that people hate walking all the way around to the front door. Help. Get a big projector to go on on the back side of your theater and then show a movie there. Ease, ease your way back into that every night 7 p.m come watch a movie once the sun goes down uh once the tickets sell out that's it that also makes people feel like they're missing out on something if you Urgency. do where, yeah they if you do ticket like they're gonna try to purchase the tickets right away because people are just gonna be excited to go back out like this is where We're going to get to see who really has unique marketing and what companies are going to be at the forefront of doing unique stuff, because there's no reason why you can't try new things going on. Even if you have the inside of the movie theater opened up a couple of screens, do something on the outside for the people who are afraid to come in and you can make your money on both sides of the the coin that way. See, right
1: now is extremely and I don't know if anyone's thinking about this. This is a very important time. For for places like AMC and and, uh, Mm. Cinemark, not because, oh, crap, they might go out of business. But let me tell you why. If these studios that are making these movies figure out, hey, you know what? We can sell our shit to Netflix and still make good money. Yeah, we can sell our stuff to to whoever and still make good money because Netflix and these places have been forever trying to push out the theaters Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: get all the business. If the theaters don't do something quick, these students are going to figure out there are there are other dogs in the race. Yeah. They don't need the theaters. And then without the movies, the theaters have crap. So they need to figure out a way. You know what I'm interested to do? And I have to check. I'll, I'll look into this after. Mm. I'm curious to see what Landmark is doing because I know Landmark is owned by Mark Cuban, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Is it? How Landmark you know theaters. That? Mark Cuban yeah, owns so much. Yeah. Stuff. I'm pretty sure he has a stake in that. I'm curious. See, I haven't heard any because they're not like millions of them all over the place. But I'm curious to see how they're doing. But because um, I know Mark Cuban is a pretty smart guy and innovative. So, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. He's definitely at the forefront of stuff. So, he's one of the first uh, entrepreneurs to really be able to take a look at like sensors and what sensors were doing for for companies rather than like software itself. So, yeah, Mark Cuban, uh, I think he's, he's definitely, uh, if anybody, comes up with it would be his company. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. And if AMC theaters, which is our next topic, AMC theaters officially is preparing to file for bankruptcy. um, Well, we were supposed to talk about something else then because it's all theaters. We're just going to go ahead and jump right into there. Preparing to file for bankruptcy. Now, uh, for me and you both, finance—we we pay attention for companies like this. I think people hear bankruptcy and think, "Oh, they're going out of business." Bankruptcy for major companies like this There's is to protect types. assets. This is to protect their theaters, is to protect their buildings, so um, the the owners and landlords of those buildings can't uh, kick them out of it. It's really a, a protection method, rather than it means that the company's close to closing. Now, th- it does provide some protections if they do end up getting a bailout or something then they can then they can come out of bankruptcy but i think that this them even going to file for bankruptcy shows that they're worried about how this is going to affect them long term let's say we open may 1st we know we're not going to be making money so we might as well file for bankruptcy what do you think you agree
1: 100 percent. like a lot of people when they hear the word bankruptcy they're taking closed doors yeah there's different types of bankruptcies there's a bankruptcy where yes you close your doors and that's it we'll never hear of them ever again mm-hmm. but then there's also bankruptcies where like you said it's just to protect assets the ceo of of um, amc specifically said we're not going out of business he never said we're not filing bankruptcy mm-hmm. but i think Deport, i think he was Deport. very he was very um he said those words on purpose. There was a there was a very a way he said he those intentional. Words. very intentional. That's yeah. what I'm looking at. He's very intentional on in the words he used, and I mean he bought this company for billions of dollars. I want to say it was like four billion or two billion. It was some ridiculous thing. Um, it, 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 I'm talking about the CEO, and he's the largest shareholder. It's obviously a shareholder thing, but he's the largest shareholder. They're not gonna. I don't think he's gonna let them go out of business. Like you said, they might file bankruptcy, just to to keep the assets safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they're not gonna close their doors. I just don't. Yeah. With a guy like that as a backing, I don't think so.
0: No, they're not gonna close. And I think that was the the worry for a while at first. Um, and it made sense. Um, but this is this is now officially like it says that there, it's gonna be highly unlikely that they go completely out of business. I do think that there's a big chance the AMC may. Close like twenty five percent of their theaters. I was about to say that's yes. more likely. I could see that. Um, that, sure. they, that they can do that, and you know, those buildings. It's not like it's a thousand people who are going to come in and move into a movie theater. So even if they close those down, they they wait a year, year and a half for the business to build back up. They'll go back and buy those buildings again. They'll go back into those theaters and reopen them. So I think that that's going to be a chance of it. I really, if AMC is smart, and this is my opinion because it's like it, it's an added risk. I would look at first closing the movie theaters that are located within malls.
1: So, um, I'm trying to think cause I had an idea as well, mm. but I think I like your idea a little bit better. I was thinking, I was thinking in small areas because uh, yeah, like your, your places like Chicago, New York, LA, those are going to stay open, but your smaller areas where maybe you don't have high numbers, mm. you want to close that. But m- due to the fact that malls aren't open now anyway, that might probably be their first bet. And then after that, like if they have to do a second round, then go into the small areas. I li- yeah, I like the idea of malls because you can't get into the mall anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Do you think that and there's... The, and the cost to, to lease in the mall exactly. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, do you think that there's a chance that, and let's not, AMC is in a weird position financially right now, but like a Landmark or a Cinemark, do you think they now go into owning, trying to own a couple of drive-in movie theaters? Let me tell you something right now.
1: Mm-hmm. I can't tell you who's going to own what, but you better believe after this shit is done, we're going to see a lot more driving. It's going it's to be back like the 60s. We're going to see a lot of... I'm not saying they're going to be all over the place, but you're going to see a lot major more than cities. you see now. The major cities
0: yeah, is I, definitely... Gonna
1: yeah, major cities, definitely. I think in my life, I've seen two driving movie theaters. One one in uh, in, in Florida mm-hmm. and one in New York. And I don't think I've ever seen drive throughs anywhere else, and I went to so many different places, but... I guarantee you we're going to see a lot more of them after this. Yeah,
0: for sure. And, you know, I live in in like especially in the Midwest. I've lived in the Midwest almost the whole time I've lived stateside. St. Louis, we did have a it was on the Illinois side. It was about like 45 to 50 minutes away from St. Louis proper. And then even here we have one like in in Ohio It's like 35 miles from where we are now. But I think when you in the Midwest specifically where there's a lot of more open spaces than a city like uh, a state like New York or whatever, I think those are the places you want to look at to drive to do drive in movie theaters because you can do a test there. A, the cost of living is way cheaper here. Uh, The cost of of buildings are way cheaper here. Open up an AMC drive in movie theater, for example, here somewhere uh, on the outskirts of Columbus, Ohio, and and really try to make it a big deal once you get in a better place. And I guarantee you it, it, it. Because people aren't going to recover socially from this for for years. There are going to be people who are afraid to go in groups for years after this. And I think you can can benefit by doing that.
1: If there's any major theaters listening, Landmark, AMC, you're looking for two marketing guys, (laughs) hit us up. Yeah, definitely.
0: Let's move into the next one. This one is the one I'm excited for. I know you're not the biggest comic book movie guy, but Matt Reeves has said that the new Batman movie is not going to be an origin story. He actually also talked about the depiction of Batman a little bit more, saying that Batman needs to be not really happy so to say like the batman the smiles or whatever but the fact that we need to kind of bring the joy back and a batman who enjoys going out fighting crime who's not completely worn down by it so the fact that it's not going to be an origin story i, I think batman is one of those characters we don't need or the, the only people who need origin stories nowadays in my opinion are the smaller known comic book characters but people like superman batman um spider-man like they they don't need origin stories anymore what do you think about this not being an origin story
1: so, as you know, and those who listen to us frequently know, I am so far from a comic book head. However, you love Batman. everybody He's... on the planet knows Batman's origin story. Yeah. The same guys. Everyone knows Superman's origin story. Everyone knows Spider-Man. Even me. I know them. So, you don't need an origin story. Now, I'm telling you right now, I'm kind of excited about this movie just based on what I've read. Uh, the fact that he wants to do a more... I think the word he uses was like a humanized Batman. Yeah. And... But the first thing that came to mind is like the way Joker was depicted. Mm. We've never seen a Joker like this. We yeah. saw, we uh, you know, as much as you know, we can talk about Heath Ledger and his performance. This is more a a take on Joker's actual personal life, yeah. not just him trying to kill Batman. It was his own personal life, and I would love to see something like that. Like we haven't really truly gotten to see that. We've seen mixes of 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 you know. Batman and his and, and and him as a, you know, non-Batman. Um, what's, what is it? What's the character's name?
0: What are you talking about?
1: Batman as a... Uh, like his... Bruce Wayne? An... Bruce Wayne, bro. Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. There you go, Bruce Wayne. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just... If for those who think I'm bullshitting about being a comic book head, there you go. Well, I would like to see more of that. And it doesn't have to be the origin story. And as a matter of fact, in the article, he put... Not naturally an origin story or him like 30 years later. It's him on the come up. Yeah. And we've never really seen anything like that. We've never seen Batman on the come up. We've always seen him
0: again, origin story or always years, years later down yeah. the road. Yeah. And even, even the original Batman with Michael Keaton, wasn't an origin story like it they, <laughs> he was batman he was he was batman when we saw it so and i think that's that's kind of the best version of it because we don't need Batman. we know his parents got shot uh it was joe cool who shot him or it was a version of joker like whatever we we know all that we don't need that that if unless you're going to completely mix up his origin i don't think there needs to be an origin story anymore with batman so the fact that we're jumping into this we're getting so many villains i think like confirm we're getting like riddler um catwoman uh uh, who else has been confirmed? The, the Penguin has been confirmed. Uh, well, can so, I ask you a question? Yeah. Because you know way more about this than I do. I feel like I've seen literally every
1: Batman movie that I can think of. What movie did have an origin story? Batman Begins
0: was definitely an origin story. Come on, bro. Batman Begins. You was, about Batman with Begins uh, Michael Keaton? No, Batman Begins. The first one with, with Christian Bell was an origin story oh we got to that's see him the one, that's the only
1: one i did not yeah. see yeah
0: okay yeah, yeah. Th- i saw that dark Knight that... and dark Knight rises i yeah. didn't see that oh, one. okay yeah that one was definitely an origin story but yeah you're right we haven't like and i think it's because like and we always have gotten scenes of like his parents getting, we don't even need i don't need to see martha kent getting shot anymore <laughs> i just don't need to see it um so i think that i think matt reeves and what matt reeves did one of my favorite trilogies of all time with the planet planet of the apes trilogy that he did um and it's one of the the best three movies ever for it. Like, they're not all... I think the second one is the best out of the bunch. The third one was was not as good as the second one. But they're all really good, and they told a cohesive story. I, I wanted to see his take on this. And this is what I think we lose so much with comic book movies, is that they feel like they have to do certain things that happen in the comics and X, Y, Z. Yeah, those moments are great for us comic book nerds, but I really just want to see a great take and you to be invested in what you're doing. And I think we're going to get this. And I really, Maybe. and I've said this before, like, um, Robert Patterson, he's going to kill it as Batman. For, I don't know people are there's twilight, twilight, twilight. If you haven't seen the actor that he's become go and watch good time. This dude is able to convey so much emotion through his acting. Now he's become a great, great actor and he's going to nail the Bruce Wayne part. If he's been training and can do the physicality, he's going to nail Batman. I really think we're, everybody's going to love this movie.
1: Robert Pattinson's not stupid, bro. He yeah. knows. When you look at Robert person, bro, honestly, me? This is the first time in my life I think I've actually called him Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I call him, oh, it's that guy Edward from yeah, Twilight. Yeah. So, he knows people do that. I'm not the only one. So, he's going to try to he's going to try to bust out of that with this movie. And I think honestly he's going to do it. I know a lot of people are doubting him, but I don't doubt the kids Ability yeah. and with Matt Reeves and everything and the the way that this is going, I, I think it's gonna be a good movie. I, I really do.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's gonna be a great movie. Um, I, I he has he has my my faith in him in this one. Uh, so we'll see. We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna move into our last topic, and this is our guy, man, Martin Scorsese, who got completely shut out for The Irishman, bro. I don't think he should have. Uh, but he's doing another movie called Killers of the Flower Moon, and Paramount has been concerned about the project's budget he's reportedly hoping that netflix or apple comes in and, and and pays for this movie to get done you would think after like i know irishman didn't win as many awards as people were thinking it's going to but the reviews for it were great and amazing you would think people would be like oh no we can't sleep on scorsese anymore we have to be behind his next movie the fact that major studios seem to now not be willing to pay for his movies again is just weird to me maybe it's a changing in the guard maybe it's ageism I don't know, man. But if Netflix picks this up again, it's going to be another hit for Netflix. I think.
1: All right. So here's my thing, right? And I'm not. I'm not saying this because Martin Scorsese is my guy. I'm just saying he came out with he came out with uh, the Irishman. People man. were talking shit. The movie's three and a half hours long. Yada yada yada. Netflix bought this movie for over 100 million dollars. I don't remember the exact amount. Netflix numbers were great. David. They, they don't release data, but they said. They did great numbers, and I believe that. Look at Rotten Tomatoes. I know Rotten Tomatoes is just one aspect of reviewing, but I believe they, I believe the last time I checked, they were like 96%, which is crazy for Rotten Tomatoes because they're super harsh and critical when it comes to reviews. It was in a lot of different critics' Best Movie of the Year of 2019. Um, it was nominated for a crap ton of awards. I understand it didn't win the big ones, yeah. but it actually won Best Film for a lot of smaller awards. awards yeah. Not the big ones, but smaller awards. So the the film was great. Martin Scorsese. Now, here's my issue with this film. Paramount is tripping hard. You have Martin Scorsese, a mastermind, a genius. And you're telling me also, to follow up with that, you have two names like Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, two of the greatest ever, Mm -hmm. and you're worried about making money? Come on, bro. You're going to make money, obviously. Leonardo DiCaprio alone is giving you money. Then you got Robert De Niro and you got Scorsese? Paramount's just tripping. Here's what's going to happen, though. <laughs> they're Scor- they're going to piss off Martin Scorsese. He's going to say to hell to hell with you. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to he's probably going to go straight to Netflix.
0: Yeah. And that's I, what I think is going to happen. And what I what I think is going to happen to add uh, some more on top of that is I honestly think we're going to get Scorsese's going to sign an exclusive deal for Netflix. He's going to sign like a, that, he's yep. going to sign a two or three picture exclusive deal with Netflix, uh, that he's just going to make Two movies for them, and these studios are gonna be pissed the hell off. And could you imagine? Let's just say Scorsese comes has come out with a movie. I think we even checked it when we did the Kingsman. Like at least one movie over like the last three or four years, every every year he's come out with something. Um right. if you allow Scorsese to just focus on building content for Netflix, and Netflix is gonna give him whatever budget he wants to. Yep. You're gonna have people And creative control. And, yeah. yeah, and he's gonna to get to do whatever he wants. Um he. There, this is this is huge for the like after the Kingsman and especially because people were so sleep on it and didn't think it was going to be what it did. If I was the owner, well, Fox is gone now. If Paramount, Paramount, Universal, I would have been at his door with a check, a blank check, whatever you need, do two movies for me. It's I I don't I don't get why he gets the disrespect that he that he's been getting from studios for so long. This is one of the greatest directors, a generational director. There's not going to be another Martin Scorsese maybe ever in our lifetime, bro, who's been able to do what he's done at the level he's done it at. And the fact that he can't get the major studios behind him is just mind-boggling to me, man. I mean, with this guy, it's like
1: printing money. But here's what I think, as much as we love him, Mm -hmm. and nobody has said this, so I'm just assuming, I think behind the scenes... This dude is a hard dude to work hard with. Hard to
0: work with, yeah. Only because,
1: yeah. I, not because he's an asshole, I don't think. I think it's because he's such a genius, and he's probably so meticulous in everything he does. Yeah. Even, like, this man will shoot a two-minute scene and research that scene for, like, six months. So, yeah, yeah. A two-minute yeah, scene. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, that, and I think that's why... Some of his films, the budgets get a little crazy because don't get me wrong. His budgets are freaking crazy sometimes, but the final product is beautiful. So I think the best bet, like you said, is to for Netflix to wrap him up in an exclusive deal, a two, three uh, film movie um, deal. That'd be great. And let me tell you, if that does happen, I promise you we're going to see some of of Scorsese's best work ever, because at that point, it's not going to be like I'm trying to make money or I'm trying to make something for Netflix. It's like I'm going to prove to these dudes that I still have it. Yeah. And we're going to get some really interesting stuff. Yeah. I think it's going to go somewhere along those lines. Yeah, I mean, so. we,
0: we just got, like you said, DiCaprio is money every time. Every time. Uh, even if the movie's bad, he's usually great in it. Yes. And De Niro just at this age gave one of his best performances ever in The Kingsman. So, yeah, they're crazy if they don't... Um, If if they can't work this out with Paramount, but if he ends up having to go to Netflix, I guarantee it's going to be an exclusive deal. Even if they don't announce it as that, his next project is just going to automatically be announced as a Netflix exclusive. I have no idea what this movie is about,
1: mm-hmm. and frankly, I don't give a damn because those three names is all I need. They, they sound, If this whole COVID nineteen thing wasn't going out and they were doing um, pre sale on tickets, I'll be one of the first people to buy it just yeah. based on those three names. I have faith in those three characters that I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna get something quality when I go out and watch. I don't. I don't. I don't care to know what the movie's about. I don't want to know actually. I'm just gonna go in and watch just like that, and I know I'm gonna enjoy the movie because that's just what these people bring. All three of them.
0: Yeah. The, the The book that this is based off of this is another nonfiction book so this is another true story uh th- th- so uh, and, it's about, and it's about the fbi so uh, again and people have been loving like these true crime style things um so the fact that it's also a true story and can be marketed as as such this is this movie is going to be huge so the studios need to get their shit together, bro um but that's it man that's all of our topics for this uh week's episode uh what, what do we have coming up next jb we got one of my favorites probably my favorite
1: Denzel Washington movie ever <laughs> which is I know it could be debatable uh-huh. but it's going to be training day and that was brought to you by the film family we did a poll and uh I think it came down to training day and what was the other one you uh, remember? Departed right? Departed yeah. it came down to training Departed very close I believe it was one vote to set him apart but uh, maybe we'll do Departed uh, in the future but definitely yeah training day we're going to see Denzel turn a little a little crooked
0: yeah absolutely and then I think uh we haven't talked about this but this the next at least big new movie that I can think that's coming out is that um, straight to Netflix uh, movie with Chris Hemsworth. Um, I don't know if you've seen the, oh, yeah, the one where they, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. So, but I forgot the name. so yeah. that may be the next new release that we do, but training day will be coming to you in a few days. I can't wait to talk about it. Cause it's one of those movies that I know for a fact, bro, we're going to differ on. And I love it when we have difference of opinions on movies. That means so, you don't like the movie. I don't like the movie. Son I, of I a can't bitch. stand training day. I can't like, and Again, I agree with you that it's probably one of Denzel's best acting roles. But the movie, I'm not feeling. But I haven't again. I haven't watched the movie in easily five to six years. So I'm going to rewatch it for it. maybe maybe I, my opinion will change on it. I doubt it. Watch uh, it for Ava <laughs> Mendez, man. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that scene alone but uh <laughs> Hit the pause button yeah <laughs> but yeah bro so that's it man go ahead and give him your social yeah. media let's get the hell up out of here
1: yes sir i can be reached on twitter at the p1 jb that's at t-h-e-p-1 jb also go ahead and check me out on facebook javid bashrula
0: hayes is gonna give you the rest of it and you can follow me at ceo hayes that's c-e-o-h-a-i-z-e you can follow us collectively at the film bros pod you can also send us any feedback questions comments concerns the film frequency podcast at gmo.com and Lastly, if you want to be part of the discussion, you want to help go ahead and decide our next content like the film family did with training day, make sure you go and search us out on our discussion group on Facebook. That is the film frequency. That's it, bro. I got nothing left. You got anything left?
1: Just want to thank everybody for the continued support. I check all the time the freaking views for um platform. We're like almost at 800 or something. It's crazy, man. It's it's crazy, and it keeps going up every day. So Please go ahead and check that out. Check out all the other content. The content, I know we were kind of slacking this last week. Again, it's, mo- it's my fault, 100%. I got real life came in the way, but things are going to go back to normal. We're going to keep shooting out the content. Just check us out on everything. Yes,
0: all platforms. All platforms, but that's it. This has been another episode of the Film Frequencies for my brother, the Prodigal 1 JB. We out this bitch. Peace. Peace.